I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. We have something pretty exciting to tell everyone today. We do. Do you want to tell them about it? How would you like to come and hang out with me and with Jen at my house, um, have a whole day where we dive deep into your creative business, into all the stuff that's going on, just you guys, a small group of us around my kitchen table, and then follow that up with three months of online coaching and cheerleading and support. Yeah, we've been saying for a while now that what we're really craving is like in-person connection and supporting people in that very like intimate way. Yeah, and that's like just something we want from our business, but it's also something we're both hearing a lot from clients and from friends and from customers that just that sense of connection and actually feeling less alone is something that's missing, I think, in a lot of people's day-to-day life. And having a community. So many people tell me that they just feel lonely in this journey. Yeah, well, it is lonely. And I think that's where podcasts come in. Because you, if you're sat at home alone, you can listen to conversations like this and feel like it's less just you in isolation. But if you're able to, you could come and join us and have this experience of kind of actually joining a gang of us kind of thrashing it out together yeah so it's called the hopeful creative inner circle and it like sarah said it includes a one-day retreat at sarah's house with us and then also three months of group coaching online so that'll be a private facebook group with monthly live group coaching calls and then me and sarah are going to be in the facebook group every week cheering you on answering your questions kind of here to offer whatever we can to support you in your journey yes so if you want to find out more, you can go to lettersfromahopefulcreative.com slash the inner circle. It's going to be a link in the show notes as well to get you straight there. So it's going to be on April the 6th. It's going to be at my home, which for those of you who don't know, is in West Yorkshire, kind of halfway between Manchester and Leeds for that one day. And then obviously the rest of it is going to be online and you can access that from wherever you are. And we've got some really fun things planned for the day, but most of all, there's going to be kind of exercises to help you kind of unpick what's going on in your business, figure out where you want to go next. We're also going to do some really safe and loving brand audits so everyone's kind of going to share what they're trying to achieve with their brand and we're all going to give you really loving feedback around whether that's actually working because sometimes we can get so in our head and see if it's actually working or not absolutely there's so much value I think in just hearing how other people perceive like your Instagram account or your website and what you're putting out into the world so it's going to be kind of a group learning experience and a chance to kind of hear from lots of different types of people how it's coming across so that you can form that bigger picture. Yeah, so there's going to be lots of exercises to walk you through. Me and Sarah are going to be there to answer all your questions, support you, give you feedback. There's going to be delicious lunch. And some nice little goodies as well, some surprises on the day. Yeah, and then, and then of course, there is the three months of group coaching, so it doesn't end there. You're going to have us on live calls every month. You're going to have us cheering you on the Facebook group. And this is really for anyone who is feeling stuck or lacking momentum or just feels a bit lost and just wants to move forward but in a way that actually works best for you and feel really supported along the way too. I feel really excited about this and I think part of my reason for that is obviously that I firsthand have really benefited from coaching in my business so I'm a huge advocate for that kind of close contact with people who can help steer you but also there's such a lot of noise out there especially at the moment it feels like kind of you're at peak everyone's trying to sell you their program and sell you their advice and to be able to put something out there from the two of us it's coming from this really kind of experienced heartfelt you centric model of working it's something I can feel really good about and that's really nice yeah I honestly am I close my eyes and I picture like us and some incredible creatives kind of sitting around the, your kitchen table totally see it. the center candles in my in my missionary version <laughs> yeah and, and we're so in if you're also shy and introverted just so you know that me and Sarah are also pretty introverted so it's going to be a very chilled safe very enjoyable yeah. day 
Yes, definitely. Introverts are extremely welcome. And you can see pictures of like my home and kind of how it's all going to look and how it's all going to come together on the website. So that's lettersfromahopefulcreative.com slash the inner circle. So if you have any questions, come drop into our DMs and Instagram and we can let you know. But yeah, we cannot wait to hopefully see some of you there. Should we jump into today's question? We probably should. (laughs) So this is from Cassie. And Cassie says, hello, I'm a full-time social media manager and an aspiring photographer and blogger on the side. I'm looking to take the leap and go freelance by the end of the year. And so I'm working on developing my own brand. But I really struggle with what I perceive to be this need on social media to be authentic and true. And she's put that in bunny quotes <laughs> if that helps i understand you must find your own voice and be honest but i feel that these days if you don't get pretty deep and open up about your inner thoughts and struggles you won't get anywhere and i really struggle with this perhaps if i had hundreds of thousands of followers on instagram and made my income on this then i wouldn't be so afraid to do it it would give me the confidence to be like i make a living out of this and a good one but i feel people who know me might be like what is she doing talking about this deep desire to connect with nature when she posts a photo of a mountain so I have two problems. One, I don't know if I can be that person who gets pretty intense and deep online. I cringe a bit when I think about doing it. And secondly, even if I did conquer that within myself, I don't know if I would be brave enough to do it and face that awkwardness around people I know who would see that. I hope this makes sense. Thank you for any help, tips you can provide. Well, hi, Cassie. This is a question that comes up so frequently in one guise or another, especially like in the Insta retreat when I'm talking to students there. And I feel like there's kind of two sides to what Cassie's sharing here, because the first part of the question is just, is that essential? Mm. And then I feel like there's a second layer to it where kind of reading between the lines, what it sounds like she's really struggling with is there's a part of her that would quite like to be sharing something more kind of personal or this kind of more authentic type of content but she's very frightened of judgment from the people who she knows in real life. And that is such a recurring theme. The number of people, I'm sure it's the same for you, Jen, the number of people I've met who are fine with the internet at large seeing that side to them, but feel very, very frightened about like what the mums at the school gate would think or the people you went to school with or your colleagues at work or whoever like follows you on Facebook. I, doesn't a week go by where a client doesn't say this to me, especially if they're in the very early stages or they're pivoting into something new. Yes. Because anyone else in this creative field, they kind of get it. It's not weird for us to see someone go deep on an Instagram caption but in real life you kind of wouldn't sit around the pub and say that to your friend well I guess it depends on your friendship on the friendship I now feel like I have people in my life who I do have those conversations with just incidentally like of course there's small talk as well but there's very easily can slip into that but previous to doing what I do now that wasn't the case And so I think that's where that fear of judgment comes from when you don't have many relationships that already look like that in your life. I sometimes think that there's a relationship kind of, do you stop maturing in that person's eyes or whatever age you've met them at? Ah. So a lot of my best friends, for example, I've known for over a decade and they definitely find it hilarious when they read my Instagram captions. Right. It's not from a hateful place. It's more just like they're used to, they knew me when I was 16, young and silly. And so I think sometimes I wonder also, there's this is Oprah quote about how not everyone can climb to up the certain stages of the mountain with you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also sometimes kind of accepting the limitations of some relationships, but also an interesting thing I found, this is a total side note, but 
my friends seeing that side of me has kind of opened up the door to the evolution of the friendship. Yeah, yeah. Because actually letting your relationship stagnate at that point where you first met isn't necessarily the best thing for that relationship or for you as a person. Because as you kind of grow and evolve, in an ideal world, our our relationships would come along with us and with who we are now. Completely. So I'm really curious for you as the Instagram queen. Hmm. What do you think? Do you think someone has to be super authentic and deep to succeed on Instagram? No, there's no anything that you have to be. So think about someone like Mrs. Hinch, who has absolutely exploded at Mrs. Hinch Home. For anyone who's not had a look, she's gained like millions of followers in a super Book short deal. space of time. Book deal. Yeah, she's absolutely killing it. And I mean, she has touched on a few personal topics just kind of by the by, but 99.9% of her content is just about cleaning and interiors and how she looks after her home. And that is it. There is no rules. There's no rules with anything. And and yes, there are trends. And yes, at the moment, there is definitely this trend where people have kind of recognized that authenticity and that being more vulnerable sparks connection. And what's so kind of unfortunate about the internet and especially something like Instagram, where everyone is now so thirsty to game it and to kind of find out what they can do to, to grow is very quickly something that starts with real heart or with real meaning kind of gets diluted to this point of where you're like okay great it's another like scrolling through your feed and everybody's got their life story in their caption because I think authenticity is a beautiful word it's a beautiful thing like people showing up as the whole version of themselves and sharing their truth and sharing their vulnerabilities is beautiful I think what's not beautiful is fake authenticity so for example when there's something and it's all authentic and deep and then it's like and you can learn from me if you buy my course yeah that's when it feels icky but I love nothing more than when I'm just scrolling through my phone and something makes me stop and feel something absolutely and so way way back my kind of internet journey started on a forum like do you remember web forums way back I'm showing my age I'm a little younger than you yeah Sarah. they weren't invented when you oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no the opposite like you mean like myspace <laughs> pre-myspace bulletin boards <laughs> like OG internet content anyway for the, my fellow pensioners out there who remember <laughs> this it was this community we were really tightly knit in fact kind of like all these years on them still in regular contact with quite a lot of them but I in my nerdy social media brain that was already brewing recognized way back then like the secret to making friendships on this forum the secret to taking it beyond like two screen names and having a brief conversation on the screen and actually making it a human connection was vulnerability it was the people who were willing to like share the shit parts of their life as well as the good parts of their life will like go that little bit deeper who made genuine connections because of course when you're communicating on a screen, there's already a really solid barrier between you. So we need to go that extra step, I think, for people to really recognize us as a fellow human and feel like they have an authentic connection and like an investment in who we are. And that was true on a bulletin board as much as it's true now on Instagram. Like that hasn't changed. So that's kind of what I think is at the heart of this trend for like pouring your heart out in an Instagram caption. It comes from that recognition that when that online we almost need to be an extra bit human in order to make the kind of relationships that if if you have them in real life face to face that barrier is not there so it establishes itself with less kind of vulnerability if that makes sense completely and I think it's also I think authenticity is nuanced I don't think authenticity is always like this terrible thing happened to me let me tell you about it sometimes it's just 
speaking the truth to the human experience, which can be the same of like, I don't know, someone, one of my favorite people to follow is Hannah Gale. Mm -hmm. And she's just hilarious. She just talks about life in a way that completely makes sense to me. She'll like do a video of like her baby's just been sick on her or like (laughs) she'll share anything and she'll talk about her periods. I think Laura Jane Williams is another good example of this, who's really authentic, but a lot of the time it's in a really fun, light way. Yeah, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom. It doesn't have to be like why your life is terrible (laughs) it's fine to share that and if that's what's going on for you right now then it it would be inauthentic to pretend otherwise but I think we do default don't we we think oh I have to talk about stuff I better go straight in with the childhood trauma get that up there on Instagram today (laughs) and it can just equally be like some of my most popular statuses have just been when I've been like here's the headlines of what happened today and it's just kind of like the mundane stuff because all you need to show is that you're human you don't need to show the absolute bottom of your soul I think it also comes down to authenticity for it to be truly authentic has to be natural like you can't sit down and be like you know what I really need to game the system today and get some people to feel something so I'm gonna be authentic I'm gonna be deep authenticity (laughs) is more like those moments when you're like, oh, I want to share this. How can I craft this in a way that explains it to someone? It's coming from an authentic place. Yes. And I think for Cassie and reading her letter, it's like she's, like you said at the beginning, she's figuring this out on two levels. She's figuring out, do I have to do this? And she's figuring out, do I want to do this? And if so, how can I feel comfortable doing this in a world that kind of both celebrates authenticity, but also mocks authenticity, I think, at some levels. I wonder if Cassie is British as well, because I feel like we're especially bad at that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the UK, possibly not. I know I've certainly had American clients as well who've had similar struggles, so it's not exclusive by any means. But I mean, so like, as an example, my family, I don't talk about my family very much, mainly because they don't get it. They do not get any element of my work. And I'm thinking now about what you said earlier about your relationship with them sort of stagnates at the time that they knew, because that's right. In, in their head, I am still eight years old. <laughs> and so anytime I like share anything that's happened to me since or anything I've learned since or any faith in my own abilities to them it's inauthentic and I mean it provokes ridicule when we're not talking like they're not nice about it which I am absolutely fine with I think it's quite funny but I can completely understand because I wasn't always fine with it and for the longest time that stopped me in fact when we met for our very first coaching session done back when we were fresh faith babies <laughs> one of the things you said to me is why is your twitter profile set to private like you're a blogger you've got this big instagram following why is your twitter set to private you're missing an opportunity and it was because of my family because i felt like I, it, it was too scary to share everything and for years afterwards my twitter is as following as hence always lagged behind my other followings it's now public and it's grown but it's never been in line with everything else and for a long time I really felt like I'd held myself back and I could see that I'd held myself back just in that small thing Mm -hmm. because I was letting the mindset of people who didn't get it dictate how I felt about sharing. I think we have such a deep desire as humans to be seen and heard and understood mm. but we do this and I think we do this in all areas of, li- of our life is sometimes we really fuck ourselves over by looking f- to be seen in all the wrong places yes because I think I, when I look at this I'm using bunny quotes here authenticity trend on the internet really on 99% of the time it excites me because there's so much like connection and exposure to like other people's truth and other people's kind of lived experience of being a human it makes me feel less alone Yes. All the time. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't know I could Google anything and know that there would be like a human story connected to that somewhere. Absolutely. Yes. It makes me feel, but I also think that I understand where Cassie's coming from because 
I think it's when it starts to feel manufactured or when it feels like you have to, because what if Cassie, for example, just wants to share a picture of the mountain and say, I really enjoyed this walk. It made me feel this way. If she just wants to share something that's not deep, but she just wants to share something, but then she's like, well, that's not good enough because it's not going to make anyone feel anything. But I still think you can make people feel without having to dig deep. And so one of the things I teach in my classes is about the value that you bring to your audience for them to take away from any single post. And so the value can be that they feel like they can relate to you or that they know you better as a person or that, you know, you've shared something really personal. But it could also be like five things to remember to take with you next time you go for a hike. Like it can be super practical. It can just be that you made them laugh and then scroll on. It could be that you just described so perfectly like the mist and the smell of the grass and then they scrolled on. It doesn't ever have to be a piece of you that you're not ready to give. Because I think there's also nothing wrong in having really clear boundaries. Yes, it's I, essential. I don't sh- share that much on the internet. No, I think you're quite inaccessible in a way online and it works fine. It's only because like I have a strong rule that I don't share anything that I haven't processed yet or healed yeah. from. Number two, I'm not, in real life, I'm like, as you know this, I'm a massive oversharer. <laughs> yeah. But on the internet, I think because my work is so focused on how I support others, and I do share like little snippets on Instagram captions and stuff, but I think it's just I follow my natural urge and then just see where it goes and I think where I'm going with this for Cassie is I think the first step here is to actually drill down into what your voice is Mm -hmm. and what the purpose of your voice is for you and for your audience and what you want to say then the whole question of is this authentic enough or is this deep enough doesn't really count because you're just showing up as who you're meant to be and saying the things you want to say I think in that as well like you said it's who it's for and what they want and, and will appreciate and kind of tuning out the voices in your head of the other people in your real life because that's the other thing to mention is that these these supposed people in your real life who won't get it who might like cringe whatever else you don't know that that's true you might imagine it's true but quite often the version of them that we have on replay in our heads is so much more hypercritical than the actual selves <laughs> out there in the world and i like i've certainly been surprised by people who who completely have got it and have actually like you said it's enriched our relationship because they found what I do online and realise that there's different sides to me that they've not come across yet. And it's also okay if you have multiple sides. You can be someone who people in your real life wouldn't get why you'd be so deep about a mountain, but also in your own creative headspace, you can get deep about a mountain. It's okay to be two people. It's okay to have depths and light that different people have access to. And I think sometimes it's just getting... It's really okay. This is a big lesson I've learned over the past few years. It's really okay if someone doesn't get it. It's really okay if a friend of mine kind of laughs if they see something because it's uncomfortable to them for the version of me that they know. That's actually okay. It doesn't mean that I have to take that on board. It doesn't mean they don't love me. It doesn't mean my work doesn't matter. It's kind of okay because the reason I could sleep at night is that I know it's what I want to be doing. I feel like that speaks to something that's in this letter as well, where she says, perhaps if I had loads and loads of followers Mm -hmm. and I was making an income from it, which I totally get. So like the way it happened for me, in fact, rewinding to this time when I started my Instagram account on maternity leave and I had zero self-belief. In fact, I think I was in like minus self-belief. So, you know, I was at this point where I had like my Twitter, which was under my own name, was set to private. I had a blog that I never shared with anybody because I was terrified of my family finding it. And I started this Instagram account and I felt like I had complete freedom because it was wholly anonymous. Mm. There was no way, especially back then, because it didn't have my name on it and nobody really knew what Instagram was. There was no way that anyone who was going to ridicule me was going to find me. The only people who were going to find me on Instagram were people who got it. 
And that was so liberating. And then by the time it did kind of break out into the real world and cross over, I already had an audience of people that did get it. And I was able to say to myself, well, it's fine if you think it's stupid because here's a thousand people, 2000 people, whatever, mm. who do get it and who are cheering me on. Yeah. And I think, you know what I think a lot is how we feel like failures until we succeed. Mm. And I think for some reason people started to believe the lie that until you've got a certain amount of followers, you're not allowed to take up a certain type of space. Yeah. And it makes me really sad because how many of us are limiting our creative expression because we think there's a hierarchy of worthiness? Yeah, it's like, it's only valid if enough people follow and click yeah. like. And then if they don't, it's almost like that's humiliation again. On top of the humiliation of being laughed at for what you've shared, the humiliation of nobody caring i think it really has to come down to what does cassie want because this is obviously playing on her mind enough that she sent us a question in about yeah. it and i'm curious is it because cassie is it that she has this deep desire to share but the the thought of being someone cringing is stopping her is it that cassie feels is this what i have to do do i have to bend myself to do this is it somewhere in the middle i'm really curious about what Cassie wants. I know she said that she's hoping to go freelance by the end of the year. So it is kind of, oh, I need to build my social media profile up. Yeah, it's that urgency. On her mind. Yeah. I There's something about the wording of it that gives me the impression that there's a part of her that does have more to share, that mm. she really does feel driven to share. And I wonder if it's possible, like how closely intertwined is your social media with these people in your real life? Is there a safe place where you can explore this side of you with an audience who does get it and not invite those people into it until it feels safe? That's not possible for everybody, but it's a great thing to do if you can. Even if that's, you know, Instagram now has the close friends feature for stories. Mm. So you could add close friends who are the opposite of close <laughs> friends, who are like internet strangers. And start sharing some content on stories that's maybe more vulnerable and know that those people in your real life are not going to see it. And I would also say, and the big, if someone doesn't have the ability to block people in their real life from seeing it, or just a long-term strategy is kind of, because I think to get started, you have to protect yourself. Sure. But at some point, it's out there. Yeah. Because at some point, protecting yourself keeps yourself small. Definitely. I think you have to get to a layer of a couple of things of being so at home in your work that anything anyone can say can't hurt you, mm -hmm. which I know is easier said than done because we're fragile humans. I'm as fragile as the next person. But I think also getting to a place where you can really stand up for your work. And what I mean by that is like, if like a friend says, oh, what were you doing? And you can just lovingly say, this is the thing I'm passionate about. And this is why I share this. Yeah. Or sometimes with the people who don't deserve your explanation, not even giving them one. I think sometimes it's also developing, not really a thick skin, but just kind of owning the space that you're taking up it's all self-belief isn't it yeah. all of those things come under self-belief and it's something I'm cultivating and nurturing in myself over time so I really feel for everybody out there who's struggling with it too because it's really hard one and if you're starting from a place of zero self-belief these feel like huge steps like just an Instagram caption can keep you up at night and you'll mm -hmm. keep checking back and you're like oh, but maybe I should take it down should I take it down but it's got 12 likes what does that mean I've been there and the only path through it is to do the stuff you're scared of, like in a way that feels safe to you, in a way that feels appropriate to you. But hiding from the thing that you secretly want to do is only going to build up frustration and resentment over time. And sooner or later, it's going to come out. There's that beautiful Anais Nin. Am I saying her name right? Anis. Anis Nin quote where she says, I'm going to probably get it wrong, but like there came a point mm. when the energy required to stay within the bud 
was greater than the energy to burst into flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I think also you've got to pay attention to what your voice, what the real voice in your head is telling you to do. I also think it's really okay that vulnerability sometimes feels really uncomfortable. I really believe that we are all inherently storytellers. I think there's a reason so many of us love to share our stories and our lived experience because I think we have a desire to share and connect. But I also think sometimes you can share and connect and you have a vulnerability hangover. Yeah. Or you can share and connect and not everyone's going to connect with it and you can feel vulnerable. And I think it's just knowing your relationship with it and just figuring it out. I know, for example, there's a post I shared on my Instagram last year and it's the only post that I've never replied to the comments on. And I feel like deep shame to this to this day. I think that's fine. Well, it's the reason. So it's a post that I did. It was about me and my husband because a long time ago, a friend said to me that she didn't think it was fair that my husband takes care of me when I'm sick. I remember sitting there and just feeling like, dick because I was like oh my god I'm a terrible person that my then boyfriend now husband takes care of me when I'm sick and I spent years unpacking that comment which wasn't meant with anything cruel and it kind of I learned that actually instead of feeling like a burden this is going somewhere I promise it's actually all I could feel was gratitude that mm. someone cares because if he was in a car crash tomorrow and broke his leg of course I'd take care of him yeah. and it was kind of redefining all these things and I shared it because it took me a long time to accept that I was worthy of that type of love and so I shared it and this is my most liked Instagram photo, I got like 70 beautiful comments, but I felt so vulnerable that I had to run away from Instagram for like a week. Yeah. To this day, I cannot face replying to those comments. I'm sharing this because none of us have it all figured out. Yeah, like that, you almost crossed the line there and shared something maybe that was more vulnerable than you were comfortable with by the sounds of it. It's more, I don't even know what it is because I'm happy with it being there in the world. Maybe you're not ready to talk about it with people. I don't even know what it, I think I felt overwhelmed with the comments. I think I felt overwhelmed with just the love and the connection and I didn't have, I don't know what it is. So interesting. It is. And I'm, I'm saying this to Cassie in case you're looking at people like me and Sarah and think, oh, they've got it all figured out. I'm, I'll sometimes, I don't like you, Sarah, I'll sometimes write a caption and I'm, like, I'm going to share that. And I'm like, oh, I can't that's too much yeah and sometimes I'll write a caption and I think it's something really meaningful to me and it kind of won't get that much engagement and it's just we're all still figuring it out and the only solution I know is to stay in relationship with my voice as weird as that sounds it's just pay attention to the stories in my head so I have this idea for a project called conversations I have with myself and I have like literally half of a book written and then like oh maybe it's a podcast I don't know what I'm doing with this but it's like I have all these conversations with myself in my head and sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to share them. Yeah. But I'm still unpacking why I want to share them. And I'm just saying this for Cassie to say that I think this is a very ongoing journey that you have with yourself and your work. Like, do you feel like your meter for what you'll share and won't share is always shifting? Absolutely. In fact, I was speaking to Anna Newton for my podcast, Hashtag Authentic. That episode will probably be out by the time people hear this one. And she put it in a way that I'd never heard anyone say it before. She said that she thinks people automatically will know where the line is and they share what they're open to receiving comments on or they're open to like what they think is fair game in their life and the stuff that doesn't feel like fair game we automatically keep back. Um, And I think that's a really healthy line to draw and it's nice and flexible because it moves with you. For me, the thing about like authenticity, kind of putting that aside... The, the comments, the captions that resonate, whether it's on Instagram or on Twitter or anywhere else, are the things that people can say me too, mm, too. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think Twitter is a really great place to practice this and kind of build the muscle. Because if you spend a lot of time on Twitter and kind of get your head into like, what does well on Twitter, what conversations kind of have legs on mm. Twitter, it's always the stuff that's me too. It's, mm. It doesn't have to be 
heartbreakingly vulnerable. It can be like, I prefer dairy milk in the freezer. And if there's <laughs> enough other people that are like, me too. I did, a, I did a tweet this week about my husband, like I'll walk in the living room and he's got the big light on and no lamps. He's just oh, sat there. Like, yeah. He's like being interrogated and it really stresses me out and there was so many other people that Mm -hmm. felt the same that it you know it sparked conversation and people knew a little bit about me as a human and felt connection and also kind of wanted to carry on the conversation and it was me too and I think I should be careful because obviously me too now has completely different connotations and I'm not trying to steal any momentum from that (laughs) but I think that's a, a good kind of rule of someone you're thinking about what to share the aim is not to be like how vulnerable can I be or how authentic am I being I just approach it with is anyone gonna like relate to this does do other people feel this way too and if they might then let's put it out into the world because it's so healing and just such a lovely wonderful human experience to talk about something that feels unique to you and hear a chorus of voices coming back and going oh yeah me too yeah, completely. I think that's why we share. That's yeah. why social media is here yeah. because we are more isolated than ever because we all live further away from friends and family than we ever did yeah. in the past. And we're all finding connection. We're also finding connection with people who a decade ago, I mean, a century ago, we wouldn't have had any access to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we're fine. It's I'm amazing. You can find someone who lives halfway across the world who gets what you're going through. Yeah. And I just think that if it's manufactured, it's lost. We all know the people who we follow them and it's a nice deep caption and we just know at the end we're going to feel a bit used. Yes. And it's true that some people get away with it and seem to like, it might seem to you and I very obvious that it's inauthentic, but there's plenty of people that are kind of on the bandwagon and seem to be enjoying it. But I always think like when people come to me and go, but it's working for these people. And I always say, well, your aim is not to be one of the people that's somehow managing despite all odds to fool people your aim is surely always to be the person that's doing it genuinely and from a place of integrity I think the good exercise to do is to maybe pull up like five examples of people who you feel are authentic in the way that like that true meaningful authentic yeah. and pick apart what you like and what connects with you and then maybe do the opposite like five people who it doesn't resonate with yeah. you yeah And then maybe something that you might find helpful is to make a list of like, how do I want to show up through my Instagram? So maybe if you want to be, I want to be fun. I want to be comical. I want to be supportive. I want to be encouraging. I want to be thoughtful. The best way to figure out your voice is to use your voice. Mm -hmm. And one of the exercises I get people to do in one of my classes, my writing for dream clients class, is to actually interview themselves. Because sometimes we we the voice that we think we have is more the voice that people tell us we have. If someone tells you that you're silly and you've been told that your whole life that you're yeah. silly and then you want to be thoughtful. So maybe pick like five questions of just like, just ask yourself questions and then record yourself and kind of pay attention to how you show up. Also, it's really okay because I can relate this a lot if your talking voice and your writing voice are very different. Mm. I'm very different in writing. And I would say that when I write, I type in, I tap into the very core part of myself, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think that will resonate with the people it resonates with and then other people maybe not. <laughs> yeah, and then when I speak, my brain's always working so fast. Well, it's the monitor of kind of self-reflection coming back at you. Yeah. I find I, if I need to record myself speaking like for, for an exercise like that, I do it so much better if I'm driving. Mm. And I think it's because it kind of turns down the monitor because a chunk of my brain is distracted on focusing on something yeah. really important. That's fascinating. And I think that's an interesting thing to say to Cassie because I think also... Not everyone's a photographer and not everyone's a writer. Mm. I see a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves to get the writing side down if it's not naturally where they want to be putting their energy. 
a picture says a thousand words apparently is what people say so I think leaning into that is kind of I know I guess I'm just putting this out there to Cassie is like what is your relationship with writing right now that's such a good point yeah like if Instagram captions don't feel like the natural place for you to be providing value then maybe the value just comes from your pictures I mean Instagram is a visual platform the pictures will always do the legwork so a caption is great but if the picture is already doing all the speaking for you then you don't need to worry and so you listen to this Cassie and you're like okay done all this thoughtful reflection and I've realized that I do want to share more personal human authentic pieces of content but I'm really scared what these people are going to think and what they're going to say and you actually want to like move forward with that I think an exercise that my clients find really helpful is to get a small piece of paper and write down that piece of paper whose opinions actually matter to you and then every time you sit down to share something and someone comes into your head and you're like oh they're going to mock me if they're on that, that piece of paper you're not allowed to give yourself permission to not do something because of what that person's going That's really nice. And even to think about what the people that are on your piece of paper would say to you in that moment and what they would say about what you're doing. Well, Brene Brown is the who I heard this technique from. And she said that when she's working on a big project, she gets the people on her piece of paper to write her a little something that she pins up on her oh, workspace. And one of them was like, please tell your truth so I can find my own in yours. Oh my God, I might need to do this for my book launch. Yeah. <laughs> so just to see me through that week. <laughs> Well, I think it's really, like, if you need that encouragement, like, imagine if you had, like, your best friend who was, like, nothing you could share could make me love you less. Yes. Or, like, your your partner to say, like, everything you have to say matters. And if you don't have those people in your life, because not everyone does, write them for yourself. Yeah. Or write them for yourself anyway, because anyone who shares anything that's vulnerable or meaningful to them in whatever capacity that looks like that is like bravery at work totally and no matter the audience size it's scary I actually wonder if it's scary like do you find it harder to share something vulnerable to 200,000 people more than you did say 20 people no I think it's scarier at the beginning 20 people is harder for me it probably was because I was I'm such a changed person to who I was when I had 20 Mm -hmm. followers so it's kind of really difficult to scale there's anonymity in a huge crowd of saying it to a huge crowd whereas if you're saying it to a very small group of people you feel seen in a much more intimate way I think yeah I just I know for me like whenever I share something like a little caption if the desire to share is bigger than my desire to not share that's what I listen to yeah and I think and I always freak out I post it and then I'm like well the question is always am I too much I think we're so afraid especially as women to be too much we've been told to kind of be neat and tidy and not fussy yeah and many of us contain multitudes that are messy to share but that's the beauty of it all absolutely yeah you've nailed it that's what we're afraid of we're afraid that someone's going to tell us that we were trying too hard or felt too much yeah too intense things yeah too intense oh my goodness and we're very good at playing those mantras on repeat in our head so the idea of kind of having mantras from other people from the people who genuinely see us and know all the different parts of us and care about us this is a really beautiful thing I think the thing to remember as well is that your stories matter full stop you don't need someone to validate them you don't need to you don't need a big Instagram following to say that what you have to say matters because you being a living breathing human who is sharing your life I think that's what's what's the point in going for what we all go for if we don't share it in some capacity absolutely I have two mantras that I use that may be relevant here as well these are not the kind of mantras that we've been talking about so far but one of them is that's your shit yes learning this I took this from CBT when I was like early 20s and it was the best thing I've ever learned just knowing when to look at somebody going you know so so say somebody comes to Cassie and says oh find your Instagram captions a bit cringy 
That's their shit. Yeah, because that says to, about them that they're not comfortable with someone being vulnerable. Yeah, that's none of your business. Why are they looking at something that makes them feel bad? That's their shit. And the other one is um, shut up and click. <laughs> Which, um, so say you've written a blog post and people are like, oh, this blog is terrible, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of, I guess I'm speaking to like my fear I used to have of like turning up on someone like get off my internet or if anyone's ever had like, their work featured like by the Daily Mail or someone where they really love to tear people down kind of resting safe in the knowledge that every single person that clicks on that link is boosting your profile and boosting your like revenue kind of makes it worth it either way and I think it you can you can end up feeling really used by people I think if they take your vulnerability and kind of exploit it or laugh at you or make you feel really bad about Mm. it. So I think the reason I quite like shut up and click is like, it takes back that power. Mm. It's like, actually, no, I'm using you. Just shut up and click on my link. Yeah. I I love that. That's perfect. And I also think you just have to protect everyone's boundaries are different. I think I have quite extreme boundaries in terms of what I share more now in the beginning I when I was younger and I used to blog more I would share quite a lot but these days honestly the reason why I have such clear boundaries in all honesty is probably my the fact that I'm a coach and I always yeah. think that my clients don't need to know my shit they need me to be fully invested in them but on the other hand I also know that I don't want to share anything that anything said back to it damages my healing process yes some people heal out loud I heal out loud in my personal life. I do not heal out loud on the internet. And everyone just has to figure out what their boundaries are. I guess I'm saying this for Cassie is don't share anything that's going to hurt you in the process. Don't feel like, don't feel that pressure. Like, oh, I've got to be so deep and vulnerable. What can I mind that's so dark and twisted? Yeah. Just Where's get, the good stuff? Yeah. Just, no. just to grow. It's like you, whatever is the version of you that wants to show up and share, that's good enough. And I think remembering that. Um, because, and I think if you pay attention to the people who connect with you, you'll see that they come in all different shapes and sizes in terms of what they share. Some of it's going to be really vulnerable. Some of it's just going to be hilarious. Some of it's going to be middle ground. And it's also okay to be that all at the same time. Totally. If I would kind of say one final thing, it would be to give yourself the time and headspace to reflect on what, which are the relationships in your life that make you feel fearful of exploring this further, like in a public sphere. And just kind of questioning gently like what it is about those relationships Mm. and whether they're serving you well whether it's a fair judgment that you're kind of putting on the other person as well just because in my own experience like that was a really difficult process Mm. and I think it's a lengthy process but this is what you want to do full-time you know this is obviously something you're really passionate about and really good at so you need to be confident that the people around you understand your dreams and are cheering you on and not feel like you're going to be judged for them I think that's great advice and I think that is the real work to be done for all of us yeah fear is so often rooted in an experience or a voice in our head so unpacking that and I guess the only thing I would say Cassie is I know you want to go full-time freelance is I think there's always a line of sharing for ourselves and sharing for others yeah and I would say the big work I would get you to do is to figure out who are you talking to when you show up and share and what because sometimes the risks we sometimes fall into is we talk to our peers and not our clients yes and I think that's great because it helps you connect and I think there's a caveat here of you know what you're allowed to share whatever the hell you want I had this conversation with a client the other day actually and I think do you remember how a couple of years ago people in business kind of in the kind of online business world it was all business all the time yes and I think we all had to kind of people put themselves in boxes it's like I'm going to just talk about business and I'm not going to kind of have these shades of grey and I think we're coming back to a time where people 
want messier humans. They want the shades of grey. They want to know kind of, yeah, what your expertise is, but they also want to know who you are as a human being. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying this, I'm not saying this, Cassie, to put yourself in a box because I think sometimes it's okay to share like the multiple shades of you as a human being. But I would say know who you're writing for because I think the danger is if we're just doing it for ourselves, that's when we're searching for something we'll never find. No one's going to heal us just by sharing, pouring ourselves out onto yeah. the internet. That You could do that. That's beautiful sometimes in like, I've definitely read things like that. But I would just say if you want this to work for your business, kind of keep in mind who it's for while also giving yourself permission to be all of you. Does that make any sense? It totally does. And I think what we, you're kind of alluding to there is like there's – a series of lines and kind of balances inside of all of us that you only get to know by kind of having that intuitive sense of your own business and your own boundaries and everything else and it sounds like this is what Cassie needs to spend the year exploring so that hopefully when she can make this leap to full time she has a really secure idea of like what the value of her content is who it's for and what it is she actually wants to put out into the world and what the purpose of this content is i think a lot of people think the real work is happening on instagram very rarely is that where like that's just a tool for communication you shouldn't be thinking about it 50 hours of the week no i think of it even just as a tool for discovery i think for most people it's like you you make that initial connection via something like instagram but the real conversations or the real conversions for most people actually happen away from Instagram or at least like in DMs it's not happening there in the comments anymore so yes Instagram's important and yes obviously I am very passionate about it but don't give it more weight than the other parts of your business and your kind of online portfolio for sure just good luck Cassie I feel like if I could leave you with anything it would just be Ask yourself better questions if you feel stuck. So the question of should I be deep and authentic on Instagram to succeed, that can only lead you down one very narrow road. But if you ask yourself, how do I want to show up on Instagram? How would I love to connect with people? Even like, how do I connect with people? Like, what are are the people doing that connects with me? And what excites you? Like, because I think a lot of people waste a lot of time doing what they think they should do on Instagram and they get so burnt out. And the people who I see thriving are the people just doing themselves 100% of the time. Absolutely. And if you don't know that yet, then you need to start by figuring that out. And we do lots of, again, lots of that in the industry because I think people show up going, give me the strategies. How many hashtags? (laughs) And actually, it doesn't matter how many hashtags you use if the content you're sharing isn't kind of hitting the right note and practice draft a, I do this a lot I draft a cap sometimes I'll draft a caption and post it straight away and other times I'll draft something I'm like I don't know where my boundary is with this so yeah. I'm just gonna sit with it for a day totally and I find I like get into caption writing mode where I'm like oh I've got like three yeah yeah and I stick them all in my iPhone notes and then I've got nothing for a week yeah and it's, it's that's where I think your natural ebb and flow of creativity comes in yeah definitely so good luck Cassie we would love to hear I think this is such a hot topic yeah I really want to hear what other people think and kind of how other people feel about this vulnerability trend I'm kind of putting that in inverted commas but how it feels to them so our hashtag is dear hopeful creative you can stick it in your Instagram posts your stories Twitter and especially if you at Jen and I then we'll make sure we see it and can reply yeah and I'm just I feel so stupid I keep saying bunny ears and it's inverted commas same thing we all know it's all good (laughs) and yeah just a reminder from the beginning the hopeful creative inner circle is now open there is really limited spaces so if you would like to join us go and check out the link is in the show notes and yeah if you've got any questions just let us know we would love to see you there. yes and we could be having conversations like this in person over lengthy cups of tea and cake uh, obviously <laughs> oh, i hope you guys have a great rest of your day bye bye 
You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes every Monday. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.